This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Lim Su An. So the Bangkok International Performing Arts Meeting or BPAM is a platform for regional and international arts practitioners to gather, present works and exchange ideas. So this year BPAM is adapting to the current global pandemic by presenting a series of webinars called Under the Sea, Neighbourly Talks on the Performing Arts in the Time of COVID-19. So the series will be bringing together um, arts practitioners and experts from each each of the 11 Southeast Asian countries and will be happening every Saturday from the 1st of August to the 17th of October. So joining me today via Zoom from Bangkok to tell us more about it um, are Under the Seas Project Director Sasapin Suriwanic and producer Sisire Ryu Paibun. So how are both of you today? Hi, really nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. So I guess for those who might not be familiar, could you briefly explain you know, what the Bangkok International Performing Arts Meeting is? Yeah, um, so Bangkok International Performing Arts Meeting or BIPEM is meant to be a, a performing arts meeting, a platform. So we're not a festival, we're not an arts market, but we're something in between which um, the focus is on the exchange of people. And we are a dedicated platform to Southeast Asian performing arts maker, artists and practitioners to come discover each other and um, exchange. Um, so how long has BIPAM actually been running for and how often is it? So it's annual and um, the first edition was in 2017 and usually it will happen on around in around October or November of every year. However, since um, we finished last year's edition in 2019, we decided that we would like to move to March, to the month of March instead because actually November is a very busy month for performing arts meeting platforms and meetings and festivals everywhere so we're like yeah maybe we we would take the time to visit other people also and move to another time where we can still have the slot to to work towards so Mm. it becomes march so that means that originally um we would not have anything for 2020 because we would take a break from the 2019 edition and prepare towards um, 2021 um, yeah, however, there's the situation that's been happening. We were in a meeting preparing towards 2021, actually. And we found that we could not really think about the future too far away. Mm. And we were really passionate to to hear how our neighbors, our friends are doing in the region. So that actually became the origin of Under the Sea series. But, you know, going to BIPAM itself, what um, I, I guess as the only Southeast Asian performing arts meeting, does it have more of does it have a more sort of specifically regional focus to it? Um, yes, I think this is something that has been shaping itself. Uh, you know, as the years go by, and I think more and more we are really seeing ourselves as um, Southeast Asian focused platform. That means the I think ninety percent of the works or presenters that are going to be present in each year's edition would be Southeast Asia mm-hmm. or from Thailand. Um, and if we were to welcome um, international artists outside Southeast Asia, we want to make sure that either they have a direct relevance to the theme that we're proposing each year or they have a strong um, connection and collaboration with Southeast Asian artists. Yeah. 
And and so from that, you know, what is the main aim of BIPAM itself? Um, I think it, it, it really began from the the feeling that Southeast Asia is such a rich and vibrant region in terms of performing arts. We kind of know that a lot of things are happening in the region, but what we don't know for sure, and we still don't so much, that is that what exactly are people doing in each country? Mm-hmm. So this is really the wish to connect, to reach out, to get to know people, not just by the name of the country, but by the name of the people, the name of the performances that they're making, of the company, of the collectives that are out there in each um, country and each community. To and I think the you know the the point about empowering and strengthening will come later. I I think at this point we're still working on work um creating this connection getting all the vibrancy of every community to come together kind of offering us as a place a platform for them for us all to meet because without a place dedicated for this kind of meeting it is hard to actually travel and you know find the right people that you want to connect with so we i think we take pride in 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 offering this space for everyone in the region well, um, well, if it's kind of like a segue to the un- under the sea program, mm-hmm. because um, we kind of took the opportunity of the pandemic. Um, it realized it changed the way we work. Um, we have to kind of, you know, quarantine ourselves and um, work via online instruments and. Um, and it gradually made us realize, like, wow, there it's it's the limitation of the space provided more kind of like freedom in the virtual world to connect with other people, which is like it's already there, but mm-hmm. but because of the pandemic, we were like, wow, it's just like just just the tip of our fingers, and we can just expand, and this this wouldn't happen like if we're traveling physically because we don't really have that much of a funding mm-hmm. but but because of the internet and because of how we shifted to work online more and once we had that kind of mindset it's like okay we can connect with to to, to anybody yeah and you know um so I guess along the lines of wanting to connect to people, what what is that aim of this under the sea series? You know, what do what do you wish to what do you hope that will be achieved at the end of it? I think the COVID situation has left us a lot of us in confusion and uncertainty. So one of the the main purpose is to to discover. Um, narratives or stories or whatever has been revealed in other countries. I think this is very much originated from the the feeling in Thailand itself that uh, when this crisis came to us, we felt that there's a lot of things that would otherwise have been hidden forever underneath the carpet mm-hmm. now has come up to the surface because you know whatever's it whatever's meant to fail in the system has now surfaced this is this is time and the arts community have been affected of course you know in many ways a- alongside other a lot of other communities in the society and we we are just wondering because Honestly, honestly speaking, Southeast Asia is not the most developed um, region of the world in terms of the arts, you know, where we, we can 
we cannot compare now to Europe where art is pretty much everywhere and everybody has access to the arts. We have the, the, the system to support the arts wherever you go. This is not so much the case in most of Southeast Asia. So when this happened to us in Thailand, we're wondering what, what would it be like for other people in other countries? And what, what would be the issues that they would now have to face? Um, and most of the time, these issues that the arts community would have to face would be directly related to the social issues that are already happening, already crucial in the society. So we hope that we're not going to be talking about COVID-19 per se, mm -hmm. but that this conversation that, um, what is it, that, that COVID-19 is the gateway for us into looking deeper into the current arts and social landscape of each country and what each what the artist or the art community is is being concerned about at the moment what's important for them i mean to give a little bit of context it's um it's a real thing that had happened but mm -hmm. it's kind of like a joke for us um <laughs> Which is, <laughs> no, no, is that um we're so grateful i mean don't get it the wrong way that so many organizations had reached out to us, like performing arts or even people who work in the arts sector about how we are um, affected by the pandemic. And um, we come to think and then we realized, I mean, in a way, we are not that affected by, by this situation. I mean, of course we are, but mm -hmm. not in a sense that oh my God, it has um, caused that much damage to the industry because we don't really have that much of like a big theater company anyways. We were already, in, we were in our, other words, we, have, we are always struggling. Yeah. So this, this crisis doesn't come as a big surprise for us. Yeah, it's yeah. just another yeah. thing for us to struggle against, like move beyond. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's not like in Europe where like, okay, you are funded by the state mm -hmm. and then you have a flow that's kind of Yeah, like you have a full-time job <laughs> in the arts sector. And then, you know, it's, it's different. And, yeah. and I think um, within the Southeast Asian region, it's, it's, of course, there's complexity but we do share a lot of things in common. So um, we hope that it will expand to more and more um, wider conversations. And I guess despite us all, you know, all these 11 countries being so close to each other geographically, right, it's actually relatively rare for um, Southeast Asia's various performing arts industries to actually come together. So I guess, in, and in this case, you know, you are, you're, you're planning to feature... Um, all 11 Southeast Asian countries, right? What do you think is the value of bringing them all together on this one platform? I think there is some value in, in the sense that we, although the, the, all the 11 countries are not going to be sitting and, and be in the same, mm -hmm. exactly same conversation as we do each country each week, but by having everyone under the same umbrella, I think this this feeling of belonging to the same set or series of conversation does give that sense of of coming together that at least we're not always speaking you know 11 countries all at once but we do now have a conversation that we get to hear from every country and especially what is very special and what we're very excited about the series that we get to involve um countries that if we just think of physically traveling to to a platform in bangkok maybe we wouldn't even think about reaching out to them because they're so far away there's less contact with us but 
you know, nonetheless, they're in this region that we we'll call Southeast Asia. And BIPAM always asks ourselves if we want to call ourselves a Southeast Asia dedicated platform, who are we including or who are we not including? So this is also one of the main things that we have been working and asking ourselves every time we make a BIPAM edition, who is it that we have to include this time? Who else have we not included? Exactly. I mean, empowerment is a very big chunk of what we try to do. Um, but then also, I think this platform can be a very contemporary narrative. Mm -hmm. Like we've always learned um, in our textbooks about our histories. And, you know, and there are so many different narratives with according to each country. Um, and I think this will really let us have a chance to, I mean, of course, one person cannot represent a country, but we can always have that human contact and really get to know each other as a human being and really get to know what is happening and what is the present contemporary narrative of our region. And I mean, it, it like you say, you know, a lot of these countries, sometimes we don't hear about you don't hear about them, you don't hear from them too often, right? And it's really quite a feat to present speakers from every single Southeast Asian country. What are some of the challenges that you faced in organizing under the sea? Well, um, getting in touch with, with people, that's the first step, actually. So we have a list of all the countries and we we come up with a prospective list of speakers that we'd, we'd like to get in touch to. And if some for some people, even the first contact is already difficult for different reasons. You know, not, not that it's not like you just don't answer emails. It's not easy like that because some people are in out in the jungle mm -hmm. and do not have internet for weeks, things like that. Some other people are fighting their local battle with the, local authorities so they don't actually have time to engage in this conversation just yet so um, settling the first contact is is already an issue in, in some places and I think because we are really trying to to reach out to people that because you know that like the problem of connecting is already there that's mm -hmm. why we hardly hear from each other but we're trying to push through this so even though the first contact is established continuing the conversation with with, with, with these contacts are also still kind of, you know, not always smooth on our side, but we're, we're still trying. Another thing for me is is the um, accessibility and the language that mm. we use, mm -hmm. because um, I think we still have, uh, we, we're still trying to to um, tackle the challenge of um, having the a common language and compromising with our speakers and our audiences, because mm -hmm. um, English is obviously not the first language to um, many of our speakers um, in in our region. Um, we are we are going to have the conversations in English. But uh, we, we have managed to uh, have a live Thai translation for our audiences. But um, it's, it's still a pity that we can't provide more translations for other languages as well. And then, uh, but at least for, for the, the sessions that we can, mm -hmm. for example, uh, the, the, the Laos session. Um, so, so Thai and Lao, we can pretty much understand each other so we will conduct that in Thai and Lao, and then we have English translation. So we're trying to comp compromise like bit by bit. Mm -hmm. 
that's that's really quite interesting, right? Because it's I guess that's one that's always something that has been brought up when you talk about Southeast Asia is the language barrier because for many countries in this region, English is not the main language, and then it's difficult to converse between the different um different peoples as well. Um, I guess looking back at uh, looking at this whole under the sea um series of webinars, what who are you trying to um who are, who is this aimed at? Are we looking at you know arts practitioners or are you looking wider than that? That's actually a good question, and I'm always pretty bad at answering this question because I I think that whatever we do it can be a benefit to a lot of groups, different groups of people. Mm-hmm. However, um, I would get, I would say that this is for somebody who want, who is passionate about the Southeast Asian performing arts. So you can be in the community already in one country, wanting to hear of other people's uh, situation in the region. You can be somebody outside Southeast Asia and wanting to know the actual and current situation of the performing arts community. And um, yeah, and also I'm thinking about our local audience because it, it, in any case, BIPAM is based in Bangkok and mm-hmm. we will have, you know, a, a good part of it is will, will be from Thailand. We're also looking to inform and educate um, theater arts or performing arts enthusiasts too that there's there's the whole Southeast Asia to look forward to and this this is more like a continuation of a long a long-term mission of BIPAM that um, one of the reasons that we are Southeast Asia focused is that we would like Southeast Asia to be pinned and seen on the world's global performing arts map as well and not just as a general vague southeast asia dot on the map but this one dot you zoom in and you see so much color and variety and i I think that um it does goes beyond i think uh if you're a person let's say if you're an academic who who is interested in southeast asian studies i think this would be interesting for you as well because um apart from the actual webinar we try to compile works and reading materials and we we are planning to archive it as well mm-hmm. so i think this could be a, a very interesting um reflect and 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 archive for people who want to know about um you know contemporary southeast asian context yeah and we try to keep it casual as well mm-hmm. so like we try to not intimidate people i mean we we talk on a serious note but mm-hmm. we still have games and um yeah i try to keep it casual as well mm. so um you know from what i understand the webinar series itself is happening every saturday you know and each session will highlight a different southeast asian country um what can we expect from this series you know sort of what are what what sort of um topics are you trying to are you planning to cover across the board do you have a general theme or direction into you know what you plan to cover yeah um the we, I, I said somewhere in the quote that the PR department has <laughs> used that we really want this to be a human conversation mm-hmm. and I think during the the lockdown period that happened globally we have seen so many conversations uh, relating to to the covid 19 situation for the arts and um, I think we we are hungry for the answers about that as well but we don't want to be another conversation that's already you know 
flooding um, the, the online platforms mm-hmm. as of now. So what we're looking to do is to get into the personal stories of each speaker, rather than going right into the policy or you know the 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 social the bigger social issues, and hoping that by asking and talking about their personal narratives, for example, what kind of arts did you did you consume, did you digest, did you make during the COVID-19 situation? What has inspired you during this lockdown period, especially? And we hope that by uh, tapping first into these personal stories questions, we would be able to slowly walk back and see the bigger picture of the social issue that is actually the umbrella that's covering the lives of these people mm. and, and I, we believe that it's more real to to get into each person's story mm-hmm. and then look back at the big picture so then how did you come to um this um you know decide on who the speakers would be um it's it's a mix of different things so because it came from the idea that we we want to hear from our friends so really, there will be some people who are dear to us that we we would like to hear from. So you will hear from some speakers who have been to BIPAM already and we have established uh, great relationships with that we want to hear from them again. That will be part of those people. And also, once we have like a first kind of 50% of the lineup, then we want to see, okay, who else in which area we want to hear from. So mm-hmm. do we, we have a artist do we want a producer to be in the same conversation do we have a dancer now do we have a small company we have big companies so we we try as best as we can to give such diversity in each session although if you look carefully at the lineup that we have now it it won't look the same it's not like one producer one artist one dancer for for every country because Mm -hmm. it depends on the the very unique personality of each uh, country's community as well but this is the, I would say this is the, the first intention that mm. we really make to want to make this as varied as possible within, mm. within one session. Yeah. But then of course we, we also had a lot of um, good recommendations from our existing um, friends and partners mm-hmm. in various countries as well. Yeah. So um, they were very supportive to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a time where friendship has been meaning a lot to us too, yeah. actually. It's not just by Pam. It's mm. always by Pam and friends and mm. networks that we've had, um, yeah, that we can reach out to and they recommend their friends. Mm. And then the, the recommended person also recommend their friends. And we we would also check, look back at our lineup list and see again whether this makes sense already. Yeah, we try to not make it one-sided in any way possible so that would be like the main direction in, in curating the lineup yeah mm. and i mean earlier we were talking about how bipam is adapting to the whole current situation because of covid19 and how you know and that's why we have this series of webinars and i mean it is still very much on people's minds right now the impact of the pandemic and especially i guess the performing arts and you said uh, and you both of you already said you know it, it's a it's an industry that is already struggling in across Southeast Asia, right? But how does um, Under the Sea plan to address and discuss the further impact of COVID-19 in the arts industry? There's a plan that if we do, I think, I hope that we will be able to extract a kind of common issue 
or a common pattern in the region. And with this, I think we can develop this into a bigger session or bigger sessions in the actual um, on-site BIPAM mm -hmm. next year in March, if that can happen. <laughs> we, have, we still have to look at the travel restrictions, you know, mm. um, by that time. So, so if the the actual the, the the normal BIPAM can happen next year, I hope that we can gather information and patterns and you know revelations that we see from this series and develop it into more targeted topics in in the 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 discussion part of BIPAM next year. Um, and, and from your from both your observations, what are some of the biggest concerns right now for the various arts practitioners in the region? I think it's pretty varied, you know. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I have seen is is that the arts now more than ever is seen as this word comes up in Singapore, right? Non-essential, mm. and not just Singapore. That that this mentality is uh, floating around is also in other countries, but it's probably not ex expressed as officially or formally as in Singapore. But I think this is something that we are facing a lot, also in Thailand, and the non-essential mentality is significant because when you have this mentality, of course, the arts would be the last of the list ever for anything for 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 you know in terms of concern of the government budget allocation development or even in people's mind you know and so yeah arts being non-essential and thus looked aside or looked um beyond or looked over is is i think quite common i think uh it would be kind of difficult to answer for every practitioner mm -hmm. and uh you know every single country in this region because i think um the difference is quite large um to each country but of course i would piggyback um <laughs> sasapin's answer in terms of but i don't i, I view it as a challenge to find our relevance um in the society um i think it challenges us to think in between a lot more and it doesn't mean that it would devalue ourselves it would also add value to us as well if we try to think in between um and i think being in this region is actually an advantage because we're not fighting with institutions that are there for like hundreds of years, mm -hmm. like in Europe. Um, a lot of the things that we have right now is um, relatively new and we have a lot of resource and we have a lot of material yeah, um, to kind of tackle and, and um, work on. So I think it's, it's a challenge. But are you are you optimistic? You know, do you think the pandemic has actually opened up new platforms and avenues that the performing arts industry probably hasn't considered before? Because, for example, like right now, we're seeing this cross-country webinar series. Um, yeah, I think already that I actually I, I have to admit that we we had this ambition of having you know speakers from all eleven countries. Mm -hmm. We. We, we had it in us a little bit that maybe we cannot actually achieve 
these mm. all these 11 countries so we, but we would try but there was one day that we we could confirm with ourselves and everyone that yes we do have now all the 11 countries with us and this series would be with these people um so i think already this is a good start that we can already have uh such a meeting of of these various countries of this kind in this, in this series. And what would happen after this is that I think now that we see the presence of each other, you know, more than just hearing or reading about, um, and you really see each other like this. So this kind of connection would, would stick to you. So for example, if I now travel to another place, to another platform in another country, when I speak about Southeast Asia, it would not be the same because now my picture of Southeast Asia has expanded and changed and become much more, you know, um, connected to even more and further away countries in the region. And I hope that this would also happen with all our speakers and partners as well. And people who have been following BIPAM that South, hopefully that Southeast Asia for them just like it is to us is going to expand every time that we come and meet yeah and i hope that this this perception um goes around in the world well um thank you so much to both of you for speaking to me on the show thank you thank you so i've been speaking with some of the folks behind the under the sea series of webinars project director sasapin siriwanich and producer sire ryu paibun the series is being organized by the Bangkok International Performing Arts Meeting and will bring together performing arts practitioners and experts from each of the 11 Southeast Asian countries. And the series will be happening every Saturday from the 1st of August to the 17th of October. So for more information and to register, you can head over to bipam.org. That's B-I-P-A-M dot org. And if you've missed any part of this interview or any previous front row segments, you can download the podcast on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.